When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Wednesday, February 8th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, the Guardians uh, announced their minor league coaching staffs for their four full season teams and uh, some of their Arizona complex teams. Uh, the Not a lot of changes at the top in uh, Columbus or or Akron, uh, but there, there's some movement. There's some, uh, some changes at, at some of the, the locations just because uh, a few of the guys got bumped up to the major league staff with all the turnover on uh, on Tito's staff. Yeah, uh, Joe, you know, Andy Tracy is back as manager at Columbus. Uh, Owen, Owen Drew and uh, Junior Batantis have been uh, promoted from uh, Akron to uh, to uh, to Columbus. Owen Drew will be the pitching coach. Batantis will be the hitting coach because uh, Rigo Beltran and uh, Esposito uh, were uh, were promoted to uh, Cleveland staff, Terry Francona's staff. And another change at Columbus, uh, Greg Desenzo, who was the uh, manager at uh, Class A Lake County last year, is now the bench coach there. Yeah, and and that makes uh, sense on on a bunch of different levels that that Owen Drew, Junior Batansis would would move up sort of with some of these guys that they were with in Akron. Who are going to be in Columbus, and, and you know, give them a, a sense of comfort and familiarity, and uh, it, it really does sort of, uh, you know, have this continuity and this flow to the to the way that the the minor league and the player development uh, staffs sort of work together. Uh, when these guys arrive in Cleveland, they're going to see faces that they saw along the way in Columbus and Akron, and you know, as they move from. Uh, Lake County to Akron to Columbus, they're they're going to see these these familiar guys and 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 it it helps them perform better. Yeah, and uh, you know these guys have all uh, you know a guy like Batances has been in the organization for a long time, and like you said, he's he's uh, you know seen these guys since the Arizona you know complex league. He's followed a lot of these hitters you know through the uh, through the uh, ranks through the uh, system and. Uh, you know, now he gets, uh, so, you know, to be part of that uh, kind of emerging, you know, hitting group with, uh, you know, uh, Valleca at, at the big league level. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, the, all that comes together and what influence he will have on on uh, the uh, Clippers. What's the uh, the staff down in Akron going to look like? Uh, the Rubber Ducks had uh, had a lot of talent move through their uh, last season. And uh, I, I'm assuming the uh, the hope is that they they can continue to to have success the way they did. Yeah, Ruglas Odor is um, 
back as manager at Akron. Uh, I think this is his fifth year. In his last two seasons, Joe, the uh, Rubber Ducks have gone 152 and 105 with him as the uh, skipper there. So, you know, Ruglis has done a nice job there. Uh, Brad Goldberg will be the uh, new pitching coach there. Uh, Daniel Robertson, uh, who will, um, you know, who played uh, briefly for the Indians, um, you know, 148 games in the big leagues. He's, uh, you know, he'll be the, uh, I think, I believe he's the hitting coach. He's the, and, he's the bench uh, coach. He's the he's bench, bench coach. coach. Mike Mergenthaler is the uh, the hitting coach. Right. Okay. And, uh, you know, Robertson, like we said, played 148 games in the, in the big leagues uh, with, and uh, 32 with Cleveland in 2007. Yeah. Uh, Omir Santos uh, is is going to take over the the helm in Lake County. Uh, the, the captain's uh, undergoing a lot of changes over their new ownership uh, group this year, uh, taking over from the the Carfania group that had had really run things for the last uh, twenty years or so. Uh, uh, Omir Santos, he was the 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 coach in Lynchburg last year, so he's going to move up with with that group and and uh, the folks in Lake County. Uh, TJ Rivera is, uh, is going to be on the staff, uh, there as well. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, the, the full season teams are, are set pretty much with, with guys. There's a lot of continuity and, and familiarity, uh, at the, at the managing, uh, levels there. And, and these are all guys who, like you said, have been with the organization for a while. Yes. Yeah, Santos was the manager at Lynchburg last year. So, uh, you know, he moves up to Lake County and, uh, you know, the thing that struck me, Joe, is, is, you know, you, you think, uh, you know, you think of the four full season clubs, but really they've got like seven different minor league teams. You know, they've got the, uh, the four teams, you know, the four full season clubs, and they've got, I believe two, two, uh, complex teams and two more teams in the Dominican. They have, uh, you know, a red and a blue team in the Dominican. So these guys, you know, they, they really have, uh, a feeder system going. I mean, you know, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, they still have a lot of ball clubs, even though, you know, the minor leagues, you know, were cut back, you know, they, what they, a couple of years ago, they dropped like 42 teams. Yeah, they they streamlined the the minor leagues to to make sure that the you could only have four affiliated teams with each major league club. So, you know, one at each level there. Uh, I yeah, I, I I guess looking down at the, the 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 Dominican teams and the complex teams, you're talking about young kids, you know, 17, 18, 19 year old kids in the Dominican that are are just starting out and getting their first taste of of how professional baseball works and uh, you know, those those guys are maybe two, three years away from coming over and and getting their first real uh, serious looks uh, at in Arizona and, and you know, maybe filtering up to the to the full season teams at, at some point during the year. Uh, but but, yeah, they, they do have a lot of guys. It, the, the Guardians have a lot of people, particularly in the Dominican, uh, who are, are following and are, are sort of part of the organization and invested in the organization. Yeah, you know, Jose Mejia is the, uh, you know, the uh, coordinator in the, at their academy down there. Jesus Tavares, who played in the big leagues, will be one of the Dominican Summer League managers. Uh, uh, I think Juan de la Cruz, who, you know, spent like eight or nine years in, in Cleveland's minor league system, will be the other uh, 
Dominican Summer League managers. So, you know, they pay attention to the to the details there and, and it pays off. Definitely. We also have, you know, at, in the complex staff, uh, Amanda Kamakona, you know, the first uh, first female on the field coach that the club has hired. You know, we talked about her last week, but uh, she'll, she'll be a hitting coach. Uh, with the the the, the, the Arizona developmental team, so and that's a little. I think that must be a little different than the Arizona complex team. Yeah, and there's a whole long list of uh, of maybe new faces in different positions, or you know, shuffling and and moving around uh, for the developmental uh, you know portion of the coaching staff. Uh, Caleb Longshore is going to be uh, the pitching coordinator uh, for the player development uh, staff. Uh, and and that's uh, a, a role that he's going to take alongside Joel Mangrum, uh, in his who's in his second season. Uh, you know, he th- these are the guys that when Tito talks about, uh, well, the player development guys said so and so, you know, was ready to come up, and you know, these are the guys who are raving to Tito and Antonetti about certain players. Uh, these are the the folks that he's referencing when he talks about, you know, our player development guys are proud because, you know, uh, this rookie came up and, and had a great uh, debut or has been uh, super productive. So, um, you know, the, these names are not insignificant and they're not to be overlooked in terms of what's made Cleveland successful over the last few seasons. Uh, certainly. Uh, you know, this is the work that needs to, you know, be ongoing if uh, if Cleveland's going to maintain their spot atop the American League Central. Yeah, and you know, uh, you know, some people have uh, voted a uh, ranked Cleveland's farm system, uh, you know, among the top five in baseball. You know, I know the the Athletic uh, ranked them the number two farm team in baseball, and these are these are the guys. These are the re- these guys are the reason why they they handle the talent. You know, f- first of all, it takes talent, but you have to develop the talent, and and these are the people in charge of that. Well, we uh, we certainly you know wish them luck as they they begin their season here, and uh, not 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 too long away from uh, everybody starting to report. Maybe a, a week to ten days, and and we're going to see players. And and everybody out there just start to roll in and and get settled and and get ready to to go at it as uh, spring training is ready to open. Uh, we're getting excited and we'll we'll be talking more about uh, you know what to expect in Goodyear over the next week or so, uh, particularly next week. But wanted to shift gears here uh, today. Uh, last night uh, something significant happened in uh, in Los Angeles. I think. Uh, if you've been asleep or under a rock uh, all morning, uh, you, you don't know what it is. But uh, LeBron James, uh, Cleveland's own, uh, sets the NBA's all-time scoring record. Uh, he passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, 38,388 points in his career at 38 years old. It uh, doesn't look like uh, he has any, uh, you know, idea of uh, of slowing down or or not you know continuing to to add to that total i mean this is a guy who's averaged 27 points a game for his career uh it got me to thinking about uh you know what what records and what career all-time marks in major league baseball are sort of the most unbreakable because uh the the conversation now shifts to you know is there someone who can surpass lebron james as the all-time scorer and, you know, there's a lot of different reasons why that may or may not happen. 
Uh, I, I tend to think it won't happen because of things like uh, the, the load management trend in the NBA where where star players are given nights off on back to backs or, you know, up to, you know, five, six games a season where they just rest and they're out. They're inactive for for, uh, you know, a few games just to rest their bodies uh, to preserve them for the playoffs and, and uh, you know, the times when you want them on the court. Uh, even coaches like Steve Kerr come out and say things like, hey, maybe we should reduce the season by 10 games. Uh, you know, something like that happens. That definitely impacts the way uh, a, 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 a candidate for passing LeBron's scoring mark would would be uh, would be seen. Uh, there are certainly a lot of guys in the league right now who can score, but uh, I don't think you can do it with the consistency and the good fortune of of health that LeBron has had over a 20 plus uh, year season or year career. Uh, that being said, looking at it through a baseball lens, Hoinsey, what do you think is uh, is one of the career marks? And we'll go through a few of them here that that just jumps off the page right away uh, as completely unbreakable. Oh, man, uh, that's a good question, Joe. I I was thinking and we were talking a little bit about this, uh, you know, Cy Young's 511 wins. I would think, uh, you know, the way starting pitchers are used now, the way the win has been devalued you know, through sabermetrics, um, you know, the way pitch counts are involved now and, you know, they let a starter go after he's gone two times through the order, the bullpen is in the game. You know, I would think, you know, Cy Young's 511 wins. I don't think anyone is going to touch that. Well, uh, I would tend to agree with you in terms of that being the ironclad, never going to be broken, will go down in history forever as the the only 511 win uh, pitcher that just won't happen. I mean, you, 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 you're not even getting to 20 wins a season for, you know, league leaders nowadays uh, in, a, in a 162 game season. Uh, and if you look at this top 50 list, uh, the there are no active players who have more than 246 wins themselves. Bartolo Colon has 247. Uh, he pitched for 21 years, and uh, he might be retired. We don't we don't know. <laughs> we don't know if Bartolo Colon's retired or not. But uh, you know, he always used, usually pops up somewhere and and is is pitching uh, in the Dominican or, or you know on a on a Mexican team or somewhere. Uh, but yeah, CC Sabathia at number 45 on the all-time list with 251 wins. I mean, there's just there's no real like candidate to be pursuing that. And even if there was, I don't think it, that a, a team and the way that the, the the pitchers are handled nowadays would would even let a guy go for 500 wins. It just it, it's not going to be possible. Yeah, the the game has changed so much that you know that's that's like an unrealistic goal. That's you know Valhalla, you know, and uh, <laughs> it's set. And Cy Young also holds the record with seven hundred forty nine complete games, and that might even be more unreachable. Yeah, that's that that's just not, and that that might even be a statistic that just falls by the wayside in terms of we don't even regard it anymore as as anything. It's it's just not. Uh, translatable to the modern game, uh, complete games are, it, it, with the emergence of closers, with the emergence of bullpens, you just don't have the the value there for 
you know, a guy going a, a full complete game. It, it's it's not something we even consider. Uh, we talk about all time leaders, uh, the career mark for strikeouts. Uh, the only player with more than 5,000 strikeouts is Nolan Ryan, uh, and he has 5,714. The next closest on the list is Randy Johnson, uh, 4,875. But there's really, you know, that might be a statistic where uh, because of this this change in the game and, and the way it's the, the three true outcomes, and you've got pitchers who will put up ridiculous strikeout numbers. Uh, Justin Verlander is 12th on the list. Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander are active players within, you know, within 2,500 strikeouts. But that takes that, that takes a, that's a career for most pitchers. 2,500 strikeouts. Yeah. Uh, Verlander is at 3342, and Scherzer is at. I'm sorry, Verlander's at 3,198, and Scherzer is 3,193. Now, they could have some fun this season just competing with each other to see who could get higher on the list and, and get into, uh, you know, maybe see if, if someone could crack that top 10 if they have a big season. Uh, but Greg Maddox is sitting there at, at number 10 at 3,371. So uh, that's uh, an, another, uh, you know, I think Nolan Ryan is pretty safe with 5,000 strikeouts. He's just that much more than uh, the rest of the field. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, Nolan Ryan also has seven career no hitters. I, I don't think, uh, I think that's pretty safe as well. I mean, perhaps, you know, maybe Verlander I know has three, uh, but Verlander's on the, you you would think he's on at the twilight of his career. I'm, I'm not sure after he had Tommy John yeah. and came back, he might pitch for another 10 years. I'm not sure, but, but seven no-nos is that that's up there, man. Yeah, it's a, a that is an outstanding. And, and it's, it's almost like uh, how many, how many one hitters did uh, Feller have? Feller had what? Well, five no hitters. And yeah, he had three no hitters and, and 12 one hitters. Well, 12 one-hitters. I mean, think about that. That's crazy. Uh, uh, and, and just to wrap up the pitching side of things, Mariano Rivera, the all-time saves leader, uh, he is at 652. He and Trevor Hoffman, the only two uh, closers with more than 600 saves. Uh, the next closest on the list, Lee Smith, 478. Uh, and And really... There, there isn't uh, seventh on the list. Craig Kimbrell, uh, Kenley Jansen is eighth, and both of those are fewer than 400. They're right at like the 390s. So, really, if you're in that 400 uh, plus range, you're you're considered maybe for the Hall of Fame. But if you get up, uh, if you get up over that, um, you know, 600 uh, uh, level, you, that's where maybe you're uh, you're almost guaranteed a hall of fame spot so uh yeah that's uh the top 3 on the list are in the hall so uh but i don't see craig kimbrell kenley jansen uh sticking around long enough to to pass mariano rivera you also have to play on a team that that wins a lot of games if you're going to have that many saves yeah definitely uh that's uh 
that's a that's a big mark out there. That's uh, you know that that's like a a three hundred eighty yard drive. You know, it's, it's sitting out there for everybody to see and and tr everybody trying to catch too. Yeah, our world is Chapman twenty fourth on the list uh, after ten seasons. He's got three hundred and fifteen saves. So even playing on a, a a Yankees team that that won a lot of games, he he still didn't put up that many saves compared to. You know, just the uh, 652 is is a, a ridiculous number of saves, and that doesn't even count his postseason saves uh, for Rivera. Now let's uh, let's let's talk about the uh, the hitting side of things, where uh, you know home runs and hits, uh, both marks are are sort of way out there. Obviously, uh, and and we can have the conversation about who the real home run champion is, uh, you know, some other time, but. Uh, Barry Bonds at 762 home runs, uh, Hank Aaron at 755, and Babe Ruth at 714. Uh, as far as who's on the active list behind them, uh, Miguel Cabrera, who will be in his, what, 18th season, uh, is at 507. So quite a few behind, uh, 250 home runs behind. And that, you know, that 250 home runs, that's a full career for most players. Uh, there's zero chance that Cabrera passes him, and the only other player in the top 50 active right now is Nelson Cruz at 459. Yeah, Nelson, what, he just signed a one-year deal with uh, San Diego. He's hanging on. This could be his last year. So, you know, 762 home runs, that's that's going to stand for a while. I mean, you know, yes, the ballparks are getting smaller, and uh, yes, you know, there's, uh, you know, there, there's the three outcome of three outcomes of baseball, you know, strikeout, home run or walk, you know, that's still, you know, kind of the flavor of the day, uh, even though the rules have been are, are supposed to change this year. But uh, I don't know, Joe, I mean, that's still a lot of home runs. And, you know, and if you look at bonds, you know, the testing is there's there's more and more testing as we see every you know, as we're in the locker rooms, we see, you know, the MLB, uh, you know, drug testers are in most teams' locker rooms, you know, once or twice. It seemed at least once, at least two or three times a month. So, you know, that testing is improved. Uh, and, you know, that no matter how, how strong you are, that I think that, that you know, that is going to play a part in, uh, you know, in holding, you know, in, in, in curtailing the home run totals. We're not going to see another steroid era. Okay, so no cheating means no nobody breaking the home runs. Okay, I get that. Um, but it, it also, you know, d is there the idea that maybe it's going to be just not devalued, but yeah, if, if if they do, you know, have this big surge or, or anything like that in terms of more home runs being hit, uh, is, is do are we going to look at it the same as we looked at Aaron and Ruth holding the records when? You know, there were no 50 home run seasons or, or 60 home run seasons being, a, you know, a common thing when when those guys played. That was that was truly like an outlier when those guys played. So they did it over 20, 22, 23 seasons, and they were consistent at like 30 home runs a season. Uh, now a guy has a couple of 50, 60 home run seasons and you start thinking, OK, well, maybe he can start challenging records. But, uh, you know, I don't think it's sustainable. I don't think that that kind of level is 
is something that can can happen for a, a 20 year career. Yeah, and players, you know, really are playing that long as, as long as they once did, Joe. I mean, uh, you know, the the money is so much they make so much money. I think, you know, if, you know, you 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 reach a certain point in your career in your 30s or 35, you know, your your late 30s where okay, you know, I've done what I've got to do and, you know, uh you ride off into the sunset. Now, as far as the hits go, Pete Rose at 4,256. Uh, of course, he passed Ty Cobb, 4,189. Uh, Hank Aaron is up there third with 3771. Uh, there, Cabrera, again, is uh, he just passed 3,000 hits uh, last season, or was last season or the season before? Um, last season. Last season, he passed 3,000 hits. Uh, and and really, he's the only active player in the top 50 right now. Uh, with that, there are 32 players with at least 3,000 hits in their career. And really, uh, like you said, you know, what wh- the point you just made about players, you know, not playing as long, you know, with the money they make and, and you know, why put yourself through, you know, 23 years of grinding this out if, uh, you know, like some of these guys did, uh, I, I got to believe that that 3,000 hit mark that pretty much guarantees you a spot in the Hall of Fame is is sort of more the target for some of these guys than than Pete Rose's 4256. Yeah, I, I think, you know, what Rose did was remarkable. And, uh, you know, I, I guess, you know, you know, with with the changes, you know, with the lack of shifts now and, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to open the game up. You know, maybe somebody comes along and, and you know, and, and challenges Pete's record. But like you were saying, Joe, I mean, you, you figure, you know, you get 200 hits a season while you play 10 years. You're only halfway there, you yeah, know? exactly. I mean, it's, it's an incredible number of hits that, that he played. I mean, so you're going to have to play at least 20 years, you know, to to even come close to it. Yeah, and and you don't see a, a lot of 250 hit seasons, you know, ever really. Uh, if you're looking uh, at the number of guys who have have had at least 250 hits in a season, uh, there's been what eight guys, eight different seasons where that's happened, and uh, you know Ichiro Suzuki has 262. That's the the record, and that was in in 2004, but. You know, over the last 30 years, Ichiro's the only one to put up more than 240 hits in a season twice. Yeah, I remember, uh, you know, when Carlos Baerga first came came to Cleveland, got up to Cleveland. I think he had 200 hits in consecutive seasons. And it was like, you know, people were like awestruck, but he couldn't maintain that. And that's that's the problem. You know, that's you know, that's the problem with that. I mean, that's that's a high standard. And to, and to keep grinding that out, you know, year after year after year, you you really have to be a, a remarkable hitter. And uh, and it just it is tough to do, you know, you and, you know, Pete, Pete was a switch hitter that helped, obviously. But, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, you got to have a lot of things working for you. Yeah, and guys don't play every day for 20 years anymore. It just doesn't happen. You, you don't see it. So, I mean, even Miguel Cabrera, whose career is at 17 years now, he, he over the last three, four years, he just hasn't played every day. It's it, it's not uh, sustainable. It's not feasible. So, 
All right. So in terms of our discussion here, uh, I think we we arrived at a, a pretty con- a pretty solid conclusion up front in that that Cy Young's record is the most unbreakable uh, right now. But uh, which which of the other ones that we just talked about do you think uh, stands the the best chance, even though very slim, of of falling one day? That's a great. Uh, you know, I think Bond's home run record one day might fall, Joe. Just the way. The game is evolving. I think uh, with, you know, we've seen, you know, what fences getting moved in with in in like three ballparks, you know, for the 2023 season, you know. So I think, uh, you know, eventually somebody might challenge uh, Barry Bonds home run record. Yeah, I I would say Bonds home run record, um, possibly uh, Hank Aaron's RBI record of 2297. You know, the way runs are scored nowadays, uh, Cabrera, Cabrera is at 1847, the only active player in the top 50 behind him. So uh, who knows? Uh, maybe some prodigy comes along. Maybe the LeBron James of baseball comes along and, and, you know, starts at age 18 and plays until he's 45 and, you know, just has a, a career that, he can he can post the numbers just uh, video game numbers that just give you an an, an appreciation for uh, the the sustained excellence that LeBron has had in the NBA and and just try to compare it to what's going on uh, in baseball now. Uh, but hey, records are made to be broken, Hoinsey. That's uh, that's the old saying. So uh, we'll look forward to the day when when we're recording a podcast about that. Uh, right. That's gonna wrap. That's going to wrap it up for today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll be back with you on Friday to talk about the World Baseball Classic and what the rosters are going to look like as those are released on Thursday. Hoynes, we'll talk to you then. Good deal, Joe.